because there's been a lot of like surveys and studies that have shown like customers more and more particularly like like the next generation cares even more about the planet. And so there's actually a lot of studies that show that if you actually make investments into sustainability as a company and you showcase those investments on your website and everything that you do, customers are, you know, 60 to 80% more likely to stay loyal to your brand. Hey everyone, this is Nazar Akil from Max Pro. Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Paul. And we're Love and Pebbles. Hi, this is Lopa Vandermersch from Rasa. Oh, you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening to, to the Lee Harm Show. Welcome to the Ecom Show, presented by Blue Tusker, the number one place to hear the inside scoop from other e-commerce experts, where they share their secrets on how they scaled their business and are now living the dream. Now, here is your host, Andrew Math. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Show. I'm your host, Andrew Math, and today I am here with the amazing Saloni Doshi of Econ and Clothes. Saloni, how are you doing? You ready for a good show? I'm great. I'm very excited. This is going to be great. I'm really excited about this one. We don't do enough around the sustainability side. Uh, I haven't, I don't think I've spoken to anyone on the show about this. And I know so many people who don't do it and I don't really understand it. And I'm super excited to have you on here because then I can reference this episode. So let's pretend that no one knows anything about you or obviously your business. And uh, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are. That's great. Yeah, I'm Saloni, as you said, and I'm the CEO and Chief Sustainability Geek at Eco and Close. Um, Eco and Close is an e-commerce site, but we focus, we're actually a B2B e-commerce site, and what we sell and offer is sustainable packaging. So we work with, not only are we an e-commerce platform or e-commerce site, we also work with other e-commerce shops to help them. We always say, you know, there's companies out there, I reference like Prana, Patagonia, companies that have built their entire ethos around sustainability and being leaders and how they source their fabrics and what inks they use and how ethically they pay their workers. They want to also ship in ways that align with those values. So our focus is making sure that we are helping them be proud of how they ship, that they're being, you know, they're shipping in ways that are moving the planet forward as well as as their products also are. So that's what we do. We will serve like 30,000 companies this year, of which I always say like 28,000 of them are like mom and pop shops, like, you know, think Etsy shops that are, you know, people just having their side hustle, making beautiful jewelry in their basement, and maybe they're selling 10, 20, 30 orders a month. And then, you know, so we have a lot of our orders are those types of customers. And then about 2000 of our customers are, you know, more strategic sales, like enterprise level household brand names where they need, you know, 500,000, 2 million units because that's their shipping volume. So we're sort of equipped to handle both. But I think that beautiful mix of customers has allowed us to constantly be innovating what we, what we we offer and making sure that our packaging is like truly at the top of our, the game when it comes to, from a sustainability perspective. Beautiful. Now, when you say packaging or uh, cardboard boxes, are we also including like tape? Like what's, what's the, the breadth of the product yes. line? I mean, we could geek out on all of the nuances of, <laughs> of packaging. I know you think it's so simple to like send a sh- t-shirt, but there's like a lot of different things involved. So yeah, it's exactly. everything from corrugated boxes to every kind of mailer you could possibly imagine. So like hundred percent recycled poly mailers, um, a, a line of different paper mailers because you need different strengths and different design structures, depending on what you're selling, all of like the void fill that might go in. So all the, the replacements to like bubble wrap and plastic pillows and things like that tape, shipping labels. We also do a full line of custom branded everything. So anything that you want to 
ship in, you can also custom brand, which I think is a really important part of your e-commerce experience. Um, and so across all of those, what we've done is say, okay, what does it look like for this particular item to be the most sustainable in its class? And, and we have a framework about that. So I always say, like, if you come to Eco and Clothes, hopefully you can really be confident. Like, once you walk into our our shop, i.e. get to our site, everything has test, met our tests for sustainability. And so you could sort of shop around and get whatever you need and be confident that it meets, you know, it meets a high bar for when it comes to eco-friendly. Cool. Did you start this business? Do you acquire this business? Are you are you just kind of the sitting CEO? Like, what's yeah? Great question. I am an owner of the business. Um, My husband and I actually acquired the business seven years ago. When we acquired it, it was like four people and like two product lines, and so we're now you know fifty five, sixty people and like two hundred different product SKUs. But we acquired it, and it was a was like a just looking back, I can't believe we did it, but it was a great it was a great opportunity and a great idea for us because it's been just a wonderful ride. Nice. Did so the product line you just listed. So basically like it's, it's every aspect of the package. It's not like, you know, the box is sustainable, but the shipping label is still trash. Yeah, that's it's, exactly right. It's all covered. That's awesome. So one of the questions I know I wanted to get out was why do you think there are so many sellers out there that still aren't doing this? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I just, I'll just, I'll say first and foremost, like it's freaking hard to run a business, right? So it's like, you you know this, I know this, right? So you're like, okay, I just made something I'm so proud of. I love it. Now I got to ship it. And it's like a lot of the things around shipping feel like a little bit of an afterthought. Like you're really Mm -hmm. focused on building a great product, building a beautiful website, marketing, like getting your customers. And then it's like, okay, now I just got to ship it. And it doesn't feel like the most important use of time. And so I think for the companies that we work with, where it's like, I've put sustainability first, and I know my customers care deeply about the environment. And I know that the first thing that they're going to experience is the packaging. So I need that Mm -hmm. packaging to align with my values. So some, a lot of the companies we work with are in that angle, but I think, you know, a a random, I'm not a random, but sort of a a company that hasn't made that part of their ethos. I can sort of understand, even if when pressed, they would be like, yeah, I care about the environment. I can understand why in like the course of a busy day of your operations, like it could be the last thing you could think about. So we always say like, we really try to make it easy. So if you find us, like, I'm not going to pretend we're the cheapest option. You can get like China made poly mailers much cheaper than we can offer. But I think if you can, if you can stomach a little bit of the cost differential, like our focus is like, if you find our website, just get what you need from it and you can feel confident. So hopefully like that just makes it a little bit easier to make that decision. Uh, We have a great customer service team. We'll sort of handhold you through the process if you need it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where hopefully the value is that we come in where somebody's like, I don't know if I have time to and energy for this, like we can make it pretty easy. Okay. It's interesting you mentioned that because it kind of a slightly off topic, but it's very similar to something I was just dealing with yesterday. So we had uh, someone we worked with where they are, are really worried about getting sued for like an ADA compliance issue, mainly because they're in some group and a lot of people start talking about it. And apparently there's a lot of people that are starting to get lawsuits for all this kind of stuff. And so yeah. we started looking into it about what needs to be done. And this guy, apparently in that group, they had sent it over to us and it was a, a long explanation of someone he spoke with who was basically an ADA compliance lawyer. And long story short, it kind of got down to you know, as a business owner, you're constantly spending so much time trying to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. And it's always typically that decision is ROI driven. Whereas if you look at it from a value perspective, 
while it doesn't have an ROI exactly tied to it, sometimes a lot of business owners tend to just overthink it and let it go. And they're just like, oh, I'll worry about that stuff later. And I feel like that's kind of a relatively similar thing because even though there's probably not any kind of direct ROI to offering sustainability, the packaging, or even the shipping. Like I know there's a couple apps and stuff out there that do that with different shipping providers. But I also feel like just from that perspective alone, that, well, I guess you could still tie an ROI to it if you promote it and stuff like that. But at the same time, like it's one of those things, like there's little tiny aspects of your business that you can tweak. And even though it's not going to provide ROI immediately, down the road, I feel like that's more of a, a future investment into obviously the planet, but also just the business in itself for people that are, there's no one out there who's not shopping with someone because they're sustainable. Yeah. That's, and it's funny you say the ROI part, because there's been a lot of like surve- surveys and studies that have shown like customers more and more, particularly like the next generation every, t- every year, it's like the next generation cares even more about the planet. And so mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of studies that show that if you actually make investments into sustainability as a company and you showcase those investments on your website and everything that you do, customers are not only more likely to, you know, different studies will show anywhere from like 60 to 80% more likely to shop with your brand and, you know, 60 to 80% more likely to stay loyal to your brand. And you also sort of recession proof your business a little bit because you're building a loyalty and a following that isn't as easily sort of dismissed, I think, when people start pinching their pennies a little bit. So there has been a lot of research, but I think you're right. It's obviously a really different type of ROI than putting a bunch of money into paid advertising, right? Where like the ROI is so clear. Um, But I think if, I would say you can't just go into sustainable packaging and call it a day. You almost have to say like, as a business, do I want to think about sustainability as one of our values? And then do I want to promote, actually engage in it and then promote it and recognize that if I do that very well, there is an upside in me acquiring more customers, me retaining them, and potentially me being able to charge a little bit more because Mm -hmm. I'm adding something that is sort of a value to a premium customer. So you see EcoEnclose is almost more of a, uh, just a piece of an overall aspect that you think the business should actually pivot towards as opposed to just going to sustainable packaging. Yeah. Yeah. I've often, I think I've been quoted maybe incorrectly, but as saying like <laughs> packaging is a little bit of like a gateway drug into sustainability. It's pretty easy, right? Like if you sell t-shirts, <laughs> like going from a, you know, if you source of like a $4 t-shirt and it's mm-hmm. made with virgin, like random cotton that you don't know how it's sourced and you move to like organic certified cotton, that t-shirt could like be three X more expensive. It sort of changes your whole business business model, but going from a virgin corrugated shipping box to a recycled shipping box is like a very easy, not that much more expensive, if at all, it could be exactly the same price change that is an easy switch. Like it just doesn't really mess up your supply chain in any way. And then it starts to maybe get you and your customers engaging in a dialogue that then can um, incentivize you to make changes across the rest of your business model as well. Yeah. Have you partnered with any other businesses that are like, you know, complimentary. Like I know there's a couple apps and things out there that, you know, integrate with different um, shipping providers and stuff. And they, you know, the trucks take different routes for that kind of reduces the amount of gas they're using and all that stuff. Then I know there's also on the product side, like you just mentioned, like, is there any other one that you kind of point people in the direction of? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I don't, we haven't, we don't have formal partnerships where I do anything like that. We, um, we have a lot of innovation partnerships. So a lot of what we do is try to like push then, you know, push the envelope, so to speak on sustainable innovation. So for example, I always talk about algae ink, like a couple of years ago, we met some folks that like invented an ink where the pigment was made of algae cells instead of, you know, fossil fuels. That's like a very cool technology. It sequesters carbon. It's a beautiful, rich black pigment. That's a great way to print boxes or mailers or whatever somebody wants to custom brand. That's a partnership now. That's a formal partnership. We are like their go-to-market partner. We test every formulation. We offer it across all of our product lines. I think that's more in the vein of the types of formal partnerships we offer. That said, we work with a bunch of folks that help us do our business better. So, you know, we work, currently work with Cloverly. We also have a relationship with EcoCart. Those are two folks that allow a shop to sort of carbon that. neutralize shipping. We have that on our site. We help our customers gain access to it just by help sharing it. So we have a lot of like partners like that, that I would say are just service providers to us that if they do a good job and they help us run our business more sustainably, we make that available and showcase that to our community as well. Yeah. So really you have, this is such an interesting conversation because it's, it's very, it's, I don't know if I've ever had anyone on the show that is an e-commerce seller, but sells primarily to e-commerce sellers. So I'm trying to figure out what side of this I want to take. Um, so I'm trying to think, so man, that totally threw me for a loop there for a second. Yeah. I'm so, uh, well, let's okay. So let's go back to the, uh, working with your your consumers, which are obviously e-commerce sellers as well. Uh, if what if they are have their own warehouse versus their own three PL or anything like like how is that is that process any different? Is it, or is it really dependent on where you're shipping it to? Oh my god, that's a great question. Yeah, so uh, you know, I said like of the tens of thousands of customers we serve, the vast majority of them are like just shipping out of their own house. That's like your standard small yeah. company. As you get bigger, a lot of them are working with 3PLs. So we have some relationships with 3PLs. There's a handful of 3PLs out there that have like oriented their business towards trying to serve some of the larger and more progressive brands. Um, and so we have relationships with the brands that has allowed us to have relationships with their 3PLs as well. Um, there are certain, uh, I'm not going to like name any, I'm not going to bad mouth, any 3PLs out there, but there are certain 3PLs <laughs> that sort of are very rigid and don't allow people to use any packaging, but their packaging, um, mm-hmm. just for the sake of, I guess, efficiencies, I can't imagine how hard it would be to run a 3PL. So I understand the desire to make everything yeah. as efficient as possible. Um, so I think we have run into issues sometimes where brands have come to us and been like, I really, I'm moving my business to X3PL. They're really struggling. We have occasionally been able to be successful of like, okay, we're going to make it as easy as possible for this 3PL. And they've turned to come around to us. And sometimes we have had to part ways with the brand, but a lot of times we've also actually moved the brand to a different 3PL that has more flexibility and the desire Mm -hmm. to, or the ability to, to work with innovative packaging. So there's a lot, when you start to work with 3PLs, we actually have a white paper on our site of like how to work with for 3PLs and brands that work with them of how to navigate the switch to sustainable packaging effectively. Yeah. I was going to say, because, you know, if you have your own warehouse, you know how much product you have coming in. So you know how much packaging you need. I'm assuming there's probably some kind of like uh, subscription base that you have in place that it just sends them packaging, you know, on whatever recurring uh, basis, correct? We actually don't because COVID sort of ruined that. Like, I think people are no longer in a position to, I mean, we had it in a really basic way and it wasn't, I would say, as successful as I would have thought that it would be. Um, But I think over the last two and a half years, as you know very well, like nobody can predict anything about how much they need in one direction or the other. And people are like 
you know, just I think thinking about their cash differently than they ever have been before. So we just find that people would prefer instead to have, you know, sort of the way you run the rest of your business where it's like you hit an inventory threshold and then you reorder. Um, and mm-hmm. we've tried to do everything we can to make the reorder process as easy as possible. But the subscription service, I think, was like not aligning with people's needs to like, you know, the COVID spike and now people yeah. don't need as much packaging. Um, so it's been a really interesting couple of years for the consistency that we may have had for the years before it. Um, but that said, when we work with larger brands, what we do is we do something called like an open PO where they just like place their annual expected volume with us as a purchase order. And then our sales reps reach out to them every month and say, okay, are you still on track to needing this? If so, I'll trigger the next, you know, the next manufacturing run. So we can manage some sophisticated relationships, but recognize that it is very hard to predict anything right now. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting you say that. Cause I actually just spoke to, I think it was, let's say Wednesday or something. Uh, I can't remember if it was yesterday or Monday, but I just spoke to uh, uh, someone who was a supply chain consultant and he was telling me about essentially the issues right now, which I guess aligns with that is so many people stocked up on inventory during COVID. And then because of the supply chain issues, they stocked up even more because they thought supply chain was going to continue to be an issue. And now they're all sitting on so much excess inventory that I'm best, I'm guessing you probably shipped out so many boxes and you're like, all right, they have everything now. And they're going to be good for a little while, probably. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm. It's like it's a very interesting time. Exactly. You just described it perfectly, so I'm not going to reiterate yeah. it. But that's exactly what we're seeing, and I think it's causing a lot of the customers that work. You know, we're close to a lot of our customers. They like are very intimate with us about the details of their business. Like this, they have not just done it with packaging, right? They've done it with all of their supplies, and so mm-hmm. everybody is in a cash crunch as well, right? So everybody's a little bit scared going into the holiday season of like, is this going to be a holiday season that? Um, gets us back to the cash position we need to be in. And then we can sort of get to a more regular cadence of how we used to order prior to COVID. Um, But yeah, it's been a a boomerang, I guess. One thing I'm interested to see how you, how you handle this hurdle is, you know, essentially, you know, every, you know, e-commerce sellers, they're counting every single penny from, you know, when the products landed to shipping costs, et cetera. And then obviously lately with gas prices and everything, shipping has gotten insane in a lot of aspects. And I know even in from an Amazon perspective and things like that in Q4, they're even increasing some of their pricing just because of the influx. Do you, how do you, when you, I guess when you're doing your own marketing or when you're speaking to, you know, a potential customer or something, how do you justify the value of what I'm assuming is a slightly increased cost in their packaging as opposed to dealing with, you know, something that's not as sustainable? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's like, you know, as we've gotten bigger and have some more sway with our, you know, supply chain and our materials, we've been able to, it's not as much more expensive as one would think, you know, sometimes it's on par exactly. And sometimes it's five to 10% more expensive, which when you're talking packaging is a pretty minimal amount. Um, again, I think it's an easy conversation with a brand that's put their entire, you rooted a lot of their brand values into sustainability. It's like, you know, customers at the same time where you need to be cost conscious, customers are as are more critical than ever, right, of the brands that they work with, ready to call out a brand at a moment's notice if that brand isn't living up to the values it claims that they are. So I think Mm -hmm. brands are, like, sensitive to that. Um, As I've been helping customers navigate this interesting and very challenging time, what I've been trying to help them do is, like, you you can reduce some of your costs or you can reduce some of the cash burden without having to make the switch. So, for example... In the last three years, we saw a lot of customers move from plastic to paper because Mm -hmm. there has been sort of a a, sort of a societal backlash against plastic, um, which I think is really healthy that we're having this dialogue globally around plastic. But 
a poly mailer compared to a paper mailer, like that's like a two to 10 X, depending on which paper mailer you decide, like change in your cost. Paper is just more expensive. It's bigger or shipping it is harder, et cetera. So we do carry a hundred percent recycled, recyclable poly mailer line. So I'm talking to some of those customers of like, is this a time where you need to go to this hundred percent poly recycled poly mailer line? It still meets your values around circularity. You can promote this to your customers, explain why you made this trade, but you can actually find a big cost reduction. Um, you know, other things are like, can we give you a volume discount for six months of spend, but allow you us to ship those in monthly increments so you don't have a cash burden. So there's a lot of ways that we're sort of sitting down and working with our customers so that they're not like knee-jerk reaction is like, let me go and find the cheapest thing I can from China, but actually let me work with you so that this can continue to be part of my business and my brand. Okay. Are the products like, I know a lot of people and they hear sustainable, sustainable stuff. They think of either a, it's been recycled or B it's like heavily biodegradable. And sometimes it's, it's both. Is there any, and I don't even know if this is going to be accurate or not, but is there any ever pushback on like, if the package is out in the rain, like I lived in Florida for a long time, packages were always wet. Like, is, am I just, am I supposed to be worried that that thing's just going to biodegrade on my doorstep or like, how does that actually work? Yeah. It's a great question. It's a question we get all the time. I mean, I can't even tell you. Um, so first I'll say we have, we have a lot of people will put like different name or they'll be like slapping labels on packaging and being like, this is green. This is eco-friendly. We have, if anybody wants to truly geek out on sustainability, we have a lot of resources on our site that talk about like what sustainability truly is when it comes to packaging, the framework for how we design packaging. And for us, it's around circularity. So high levels of recycled content, ability to be recycled back into itself as much as possible, and then a host of other things. So, you know, your question is really good when it comes to that switch from plastic to paper. So a lot of people, as I said, are moving from poly mailers to paper mailers, recognizing Mm -hmm. that people are more sensitive to plastic than ever. Probably in the top three questions that they'll come to us, they'll still call us and they're like, okay, I want to move to paper. Do you have waterproof paper? And there's no waterproof paper out there that is also curbside recyclable because that's what they yeah. want. So then we're, okay, we're talking them through it. So we have actually, we have never, ever had like, you know, we sell millions upon millions of paper mailers a year. We have, we work with brands that are massive that are sending so much out in paper Weather ultimately is almost never the issue in the end. The biggest issue is that plastic is sort of indestructible and paper tears like as it goes through the supply chain of like a small carrier, like a USPS and UPS. So we start with water and then a year after working with them, they're like, oh, it looks like I'm getting slight more tears in this packaging that I want. Maybe it's not damaging my product, but I want something that doesn't tear as much. So then we move them to different mm-hmm. formulations of paper. Um, you know, I also say like Amazon, you know, has moved to this paper mailer as well. Um, that's a little bit of a cushioned paper mailer. The fact that they have shipped it and they continue to ship with it, knowing that weather hasn't been an issue, like there's enough evidence out there that paper is a perfectly wonderful way to ship e-commerce. Um, but you got to find the strength profile that works for the particular products that you're selling. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But it's a great um, question. <laughs> it's, it was one of those. I'm like, well, that could be a problem. <laughs> uh, so obviously, uh, before we wrap up here, I do have one other question. I'm super curious about what triggered you to get into this business? 
Uh, yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I, um, you know, my background is I was a management consultant for a really long time and then I shifted into applying like strategy lens to social and environmental justice. Like I worked at teach for America as a strategy person there. I started a business that was in food access. Um, I went to business school for this as well. And so, and then like, while I was working in sustainable agriculture, like helping farms transition, um, from, sort of bad monocrop businesses that weren't making any money to organic farms that started to thrive. My husband was like, I think I want to buy a business. And we started to work together and we're like, let's find a business that's actually values aligned so that I can run it too. Like we can run it together. Um, and I think, I mean, now looking back, it was such a no brainer, but we found eco enclosed. It was so small, but the idea was like so obvious, right? It's like, I yeah. care about sustainability. Sustainability is the future. E-commerce is the future. This checks all of our business boxes and it checks my values boxes. And so it was just like a, a no brainer. Beautiful. Super appreciative of having you on the show, Saluni. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I that would love for really you let, let everyone know where they can find out more about you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. It was really fun. I love talking about it from that, that angle. It was really awesome. Um, yeah, so my anybody can find EcoEnclose at yeah, EcoEnclose.com. Uh, that's our website. You can find out more information about packaging, sustainability, order if you're interested in that packaging. We also offer free samples. So if you're like, I don't know, but I'd like to check it out, you can get that as well. And then uh, feel free to get in touch with me anytime. It's just Saloni, S-A-L-O-N-I at EcoEnclose.com. And I'd love to hear from anybody. Beautiful. Saloni, thank you so much for being on the show. Obviously, everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Please make sure you do the whole fun thing of rate and review, subscribe, all that on whichever podcast platform you want, YouTube, or just head over to ecomshow.com. But as usual, thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next time. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the Ecom Show. Head over to ecomshow.com to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or on the Blue Tusker YouTube channel. The Ecom Show is brought to you by Blue Tusker, a full-service digital marketing company specifically for e-commerce sellers looking to accelerate their growth. Go to bluetusker.com now for more information. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of The Ecom Show.